Hello, and welcome to the Feral Housewife Podcast. I'm your host, Sydney. I can be found on Ravelry as Sydney Knits or at theferalhousewife at gmail.com. I'm recording both audio for the audio podcast and video. So if you're listening to this on audio and would like to watch the video, it's available on YouTube and um, the channel is The Feral Housewife. You'll see the podcast logo. So let's get right into it. Um, I put a chair in the yarn area, the sewing yarn room, and um, it's like a dumpster diving chair, so nothing fancy. Um, behind me in um, Cascade Eco Wall is a hemlock ring blanket. And those of you who have come over from the um, old podcast, Naked Knits podcast from a, over a decade ago, will remember that was one of the first projects we talked about on there. And it um, it's one of the patterns that really launched uh, Gerald Flood, uh, Brooklyn Tweed. It's actually a pattern, a doily pattern that he supersized. Um, so I did it in Eco Wool. I cannot recall whether it was one or two skeins at the top of my head. I don't even, to be honest, I'm awful. I don't even know if you can go back um, and listen to the old audio. I can tell you that back then my Ravelry notes are pretty spot on. Um, and then what I'm wearing today um, although I'm not entirely thrilled with the fit, um, is, it's by, I believe, Sweater Babe. Hmm, yeah, I think it's a, um, three-quarter length. It's more of a wrap, and I'm not gonna stand up because I'll go out of frame, um, but there is a lace panel in the back as well. Um, so it's laced down the front, laced down the back. It's in a gray. Um, this yarn is a cable plied yarn um so it has like a it's like almost like a tube and there's alpaca in it so it's very drapey um this little shawl pin i want to say is by romney romney she's on um ravelry as well so um let's get into it today i want or would like to I'll talk a little bit about the craftiness this week. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what I've noticed and the changes in Ravelry, having been off of it and then back on it. Um, and um, just the usual stuff. So if you're here for the knitting, I have no finished objects to show you <laughs> whatsoever. It's not that I haven't been knitting, I have, um, but I just haven't finished anything. So you'll recall last week I was talking about a kit that I had picked up at New York Sheep and Wool this year and it was, I want to block out the information, it is um, from Tidal Yarns and it the only way this pattern is available is on, um, is through a kit. So I looked at the kit online and determined that since we were going to be there this year, assuming if they didn't cancel 2020, 2021, 
um, that I would go ahead and um, see whether or not I wanted the kit. It's called Tidal Yarns High Low Sweater and and the pattern is by Deborah Parcel, but Parcella, but um, when I was looking on Ravelry, I can't see, I can't find this pattern. I can find like a comfort cardigan or comfort pullover uh, that looks really similar. It has a contrasting pocket and the pocket is stitched on after. So you're not using waist yarn and having an interior pocket. It's a little exterior pocket. Um, but it's, uh, let's see, the yarn they call for is their fingering weight yarn. So I think last week I said it was DK or worsted. So obviously I can't be trusted. Um, let me pull the contrasting color. The contrasting color I chose, um, the new light I put in here seems to be pretty accurate with color of what I'm seeing on the screen. So if you're listening, the color is like a turquoise and the yarn is natural gray. So as the yarn is, is um, uh, the as it came off the sheep, it's the that color, which is something that I'm have always been really passionate about. So what I've done is it's knit from the top down as a top down raglan construction. I, um, it has you knitting the seed stitch collar, picking up and knitting after I opted when I was ready to join in my second ball of yarn. What I did is I picked up and knit the collar. Then I really wanted to utilize as much of the yarn as possible. So, it's most likely um, the way I'm seeing me do this. So let me see. I have two more skeins of the gray. So when I knit the body and run out of the yarn that I'm currently on, what I'll do is pick up and knit the sleeves to the desired length. And then this way I'll know whatever yarn I have left is the body and I'm not going to run out of yarn and I can add potentially add length. Sometimes I've added length to sleeves. If that's something that's important, I knit the vodka gimlet sweater in, um, and if you're know me well, you know, the vodka gimlet, gimlet took me a flip in eternity to knit, um, just because it was straight sucking in in um knit flat and that bores the crap out of me but at any rate i had knit it in madeline tosh uh this colorway is it's madeline tosh vintage i can't see opardra i think um which is super wash and i just noticed that today <laughs> I've never paid attention. I usually hand wash most of my knits except for the socks, um, which has come to bite me in the ass because I have a pair of socks that I felted this week. And that I appreciate the natural sock thing. I'm just not a responsible adult. I really, um, it ends up in the laundry no matter what happens. It does. And I don't know. I'm not going to make excuses. I just, 
I will join the natural sock knit along um, because I love the way they feel. My feet are never cold. And um, what were we with wind chill the other day? We were negative 15. So, and I was fine. Um, tonight or tomorrow night, we get down to negative nine. And that's not wind chill, that's just the temperature. So, um, like I can definitely appreciate the natural sock. I don't know, I'm looking at my stash now against the wall out of um, frame if you're watching, but I'm looking at my stash and trying to decide what I would go into that. But at any rate, um, so I did add length of sleeves um, on my gimlet and I added a ton of length. Like it covers down past my hips um, on that. And so, and it just occurred to me, it's in the closet. I should pull it out so it's in my rotation. And I still have two full skeins of Madeline Tosh left over. So Madeline Tosh changed ownership. I don't know if they had a period of time they went out of business, but I know they changed ownership. And this was the previous, but I believe the base they're dying on is the same. Any rate, so I will probably pick up and knit... Um, the, I was reading what was in my little title yarn kit. Um, I will probably pick up and knit the sleeves and then this way I know the body is taken care of. I may even knit the pocket. Yes, I will pick up and knit the sleeves and I will knit the pocket before I finish the rest of the body. So I, I would have gotten a lot further, um, but um, I got distracted with by casting on another project and um, my needle came totally undone from the base on these circulars. So this is Lantern Moon. Lantern Moon um, had gone out of business and then they're opening under new ownership. I know nothing of the new needles. I knew a lot about the old ones. I love the ebony needles and I think I mentioned that before. I'm considering getting a Chaigu set, um, interchangeable set for myself. I'm going to go to my LYS and try the ones she has there. Uh, she has the shorties, which I don't know with my nerve damage in my hand if I want to go that route or not, um, but we'll see. Um, so I just put a little glue to glue this back in. It didn't break in a split it pulled out of the casing um and i must twist my knitting when i work on projects because what i'm looking when i'm knitting on either the knit picks needles or my interchangeable lantern moons both of which are um, ones that screw on i will unscrew a needle um, regardless of how I tightly I seem to um, get that on there so it must be something I'm doing with my hands um, I guess one way for me to notice that would be when I knit color work I um, hold my yarn in both hands I typically hold my yarn in my left hand um, but I tension it over my pinky and over my index finger so I'm not a thrower per se. And then I hold the yarn on the other side, the contrasting color in the color work uh, with my left hand. And I'll have to see if on the 
needles that are interchangeable, whether I'm pulling them off there because then it, I would know if which hand was twisting it, so to speak. But the reason I got distracted, so I have to knit nine and a half inches from the arm hole down, and this is maybe six and three quarters, seven, if you're being generous. Um, so I have a while to go. I just glued this back on this morning with the, I, I couldn't find any crazy glue. So I used E6000, which is like a hella good glue. Um, it's a glue that when I was, if you're hearing clanking, I'm moving something. It was a glue that when I was uh, working a lot in pottery and making magnets, I would glue the magnets to the back of the pottery pieces. So at any rate, um, what I had gotten distracted by, well, there were two things. Um, one, I actually cast on, and one I said, well, let me get this cast on done first. Let me put these um, needles away. I had been, um, before I put them away, I had gotten, I had tried Knitter's Pride years ago and then retried the 16 inchers. Um, I don't have a lot of 16 inch needles in my needle stash. So um, I figured I'd give them a try. So what I cast on was a vest. Um, this is a pattern by Nice One. I was looking at a pattern, uh, not a pattern by Nice One. I'm sorry, I just kicked the camera. Um, but the pattern is um, called Nice One. And I don't even think there's any Ravelry projects for it. The pattern I had wanted to knit or originally had in my queue, I couldn't quite figure out how to buy um, their pattern very easily. Um, so it's all, it's a basic bottom up vest that is knit one by one rib, knit in the round to the armholes and then knit flat and seamed at the shoulders and then picked up, I believe both the, yes, the arm, little arm ribbing area here on the vest and then the collar so your um, armhole and the collar is picked up and knit in ribbing. So I decided it would be a really quick, in theory, if I knit on it, a really quick knit. And I was deciding um, that I wanted to enjoy using some hand spun. So this was spun, um, is a merino silk roving in a light cranberry color, and I'll show it in a skein, that I um, spun on the Shocked Matchless, which is my preferred wheel. I have a Louette as well. Um, I was actually considering selling the Louette recently. It's a three-ply. I had a look, because I plied it quite some time ago. Um, it smells delicious. And I thought, I want to enjoy that. It feels so soft and buttery. Um, I, I only have 800 yards, which for me is not a sweater. Um, I don't think it even was a sweater 20 years ago, to be honest. Um, before the kids, it wouldn't have made a sweater, let's be real. Um, and if 800 yards can make a sweater for you, uh, kudos to you, my friend. But it does not make me a sweater. So... 
I um I wasn't sure what to do with it. And I have used hand spun for two or three three of my children's sweaters. So it's not as though I'm opposed to it. It's just um this one was kind of special. I bought this fiber on my first trip to Rhinebeck and I ended up buying more of it because I just didn't want like a little small project. I wanted something bigger. So I guess we can figure this inch could have been an inch on the title yarn high-low pullover, but I ended up casting on something new. So we'll see. Um, I'm probably going to knit on this today, later, if I don't rug braid. Um, I have a sewing project that's kind of distracting me, so we'll see what we end up with. But um, I'll set that down for now. And then um, I think last time I spoke of the little wool fairies that I had made using roving so I thought I would show one if you're on the video um and this was a great way to, for me to use up some roving that I didn't quite want to finish um spinning it wasn't um I talked about and showed a yarn that I spun last week I was just looking up at it it's it's too far um, for me to reach it, but it was a merino silk by Roving Dyed for, by Blue Moon Fibers, and I love it, but I wanted to still honor it and not like use it as stuffing and a toy or what have you, so I made these cute little um, wool fairies, and I'm going to send those to the gallery as soon as I get my act together. Um, so then... I cast on a sock and when I say I cast it on, I literally went to my LYS. I decided I wanted to do it magic loop, um, which is the best way for me to have a sock just floating. If I'm committed to the sock, I'll put it on DPNs, but I will cast on the sock and leave it about and it'll take forever. So I had not knit the Zabber ball, Zabber ball that has been in my stash a very long time and I mean like I had two kids or three when I bought it I think two um so you know I wanted to cast it on I'm a loose knitter I didn't have a needle size that I could use for magic loop and I figured I'll just get it at the LYS and support them I literally cast it on and knit two rows of the ribbing just to establish the magic loop. So when I put it in the bag, it wasn't all wonky and I've knit nothing else on it. It is there for if the project I'm currently working on and I wanna go for a car ride or something and wanna take something with me. And if the project I'm on is either too big, cumbersome or at a part where I can't just knit in the car. I can knit in the car if I'm not paying attention <laughs> to what I'm knitting. If I am at all have to make any sort of knitting decision in the car, I'm gonna feel motion sick. So it's just not worth it to me. So, um, at any rate, uh, the project that was distracting me is uh, Vintersoul by Jennifer Steingraff here as a picture um, and what I wanted to knit it with 
is I had gone to White River Junction's open house. I'm sorry if everybody hears the paper rustling. Oh no, the paper, something has fallen behind the chair. It might be there forever. Um, anyway, um, White River Junction had a mills, um, mill mix, mill something, um, local wool and to the area. And I've gotten a beautiful chocolatey brown. It's a two ply. Uh, they say it's a DK. And my fingers are saying worsted. But, you know, I, I bet they did the weight and wraps per inch or something more mathematical than my fingers <laughs> say. I'm going to, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to gauge swatch. I'm going to cast on and see what it turns out to be. So... I think if I'm not mistaken, my plan was to knit one size up because I believe the gauge on this is going to be a little less. I might gauge swatch, who knows. But um, when I was buying the yarn, this yarn, I did not know what I was buying it for. And I bought four skeins of the chocolatey brown and like what again like I don't know who I think I'm buying sweater quantities for because it's not for me um but I also bought I can't show the um natural cream but these are undyed so this is like as the animal was or the animals were and it made this um I got a taupey brown or taupey gray and the video color is showing it as being like very silvery gray and I believe that there's Coriadale, Coriadale in this. Um, that's my guess anyway. There's something, there's a long wool in it to give it a little more luster. Um, but at any rate, the project notes that I'm seeing on Ravelry for it, people are saying that they're knitting it fairly quickly. And so that kind of excites me. So I'm hoping, like in my mind, I'm thinking I knit on the vest and get that high, I guess, of a finished object and then knit, cast on this. And then because my idea is that the high-low would be a good spring sweater to have um, because it would be, it's a lighter weight yarn and could be used that way. Whereas this, this one is definitely a winter, a uh, winter sole, you know, like it says it. Um, that maybe I should consider it for like, let's get it done. And at any rate, so that, that concludes my, um, knitting works in progress. So <laughs> what have I been doing? Well, I went to my, uh, rug braiding class and I finished the small mismatched, uh, rug. So it was probably two feet by 18 inches, like, um, entryway area space 
and I learned how to finish off the edge and kind of weave that in and sew it in. And I spoke with the woman hosting the class who has 20 plus years of rug braiding experience to fall back on about what the best bet for me to do for the super large one that I want to put under my dining table. Um, the floors in the dining room are unfinished currently. Um, the floors, basically the center of the house, the floors on the dining room, the room above the dining room, the foyer and up and the landing and the stairwell is un undone. We have not done anything there. And if you watched the short clip before, the dining room area is a mess. So um, I'm not really in a rush to get the rug for under the dining table done. But <laughs> um, I mean, like when it's done, I'm going to want it on the floor. But I don't know if I'm having them resurfaced or refinished professionally or if it's something that I'm going to be doing um, and just painting, painting them. I'm not opposed to either. I just haven't decided. And it doesn't make sense to do the floors until the 3,000 layers of wallpaper are taken down. any rate, I had started the carpet and it's, I think the class intended the carpet to be like three foot by two foot. And I kept going and I was already at four by three, I think. Um, yeah, I think I was at four by three. So I was already at the four by three point and I hadn't ended it because I didn't know how at that point. And when I was starting the braiding for the second rug, I was seeing such familiar color family that I was like let me ask the instructor what their opinion was about me making the one rug two or the two rugs one uh, there we go that's better the two rugs into one and her feeling was that since I had already the color families were so similar that it would be a natural progression. So that's where I am. I recorded some um, video footage of the lacing process and I'll probably keep recording a little bit as I try to select the next ring of color. Um, I know there's some rug braiders that map that out from the very beginning of what they're going to do. Um, and I, I just don't think, um, I'm that type of person, but I did find something very cool on Etsy. Um, there, so to do the rugs, you have to braid, well, you don't have to, but um, they fold in, the strips of wool are folded in to each other. And they still sell a modern, um, a folding thing, doohickey. Um, the old brand was called braid aid. I don't know what they call the new one off the top of my head and I'm, there's something engraved on it, but I can't see it. Um, and, but the one, the modern ones are made to only fit in an inch and a quarter, I think. 
and I cut my strips beefier than that. So that wasn't going to work for me per se. Um, so what I found was vintage ones and these have a little doohickey for lack of a better term that you can slide up and down so that you can stop it so that it's not slipping down the strip of wool while you're trying to braid it and it creates the fold. So if you've sewn and ever made your own bias tape using a bias tape maker, um, I think I had to do, the only experience I have with that is a quilt, but I had bias tape. And in fact, when I was first folding these, the instructor said, oh, you can iron them ahead of time, do the little trifold. And it was just very fiddly for me. I didn't think it would, um, it didn't, it didn't speed up my braiding any significantly for me to waste the time standing with the iron. And someone else at the class um, said in response to me saying I didn't like to iron them, that they find it so peaceful and zen to iron and didn't know what was wrong with me basically. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't, standing in the kitchen and the ironing strips of wool is not the hobby I want. So, um, it was more expeditious of me to either braid with my hands and, um, using little clips, which was working quite well. And I just put these new variable, um, braid aids on today and I think I really like it. So I'm lacing today and I'll post a finished picture, um, in the podcast of where I get to when I'm not finished, but where I get to. My goal is for, before the next braiding meeting is to have it, I think I said five by six foot was my goal. So we'll see if I make that goal or not and how distracted I get by knitting. So also this week I'm taking two of the fleeces that I got at Rhinebeck to be processed into roving. I haven't decided whether I'm going to do pencil roving or just roving. Um, I, I had toyed with the idea of processing the fleeces myself and I have done that in the past. Um, but I, the hobbies I enjoyed more are not, are not in, um, are not in the processing of the wool, that part, that portion. While I, I do enjoy hand carding and making the roll odds, um, I don't have a drum carder, not that you need one, um, but I enjoy spinning it. So, uh, you know, why not just keep up with that? <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, the merino, the brown merino roving that I talked about last time and showed on the video, I have started spinning that and I have one bobbin on the shock matchless um, full and just started the second one yesterday evening. Um, I am going to ply that as I go. And what I do is after I ply and I take it off the wheel, um, I wind it through the yardage calculate, um, yardage uh, machine I have. I'll show it because 
it probably has a special name. Um, this is vintage and what it is, is you thread the, um, yarn or whatever your, um, lacing thread or whatever it is that you need to know the yardage of. But typically for me, it's yarn. I thread it through and around and there's a dial on the analog dial on the top. And as it spins through it, um, I'm just clearing it now. It, um, calculates the yardage. It'd be really funny though, because there's no markings on this. Um, it's made in the U.S., so it's going to be yardage. I was going to say it would be really funny if this was um, meters and all these years I've been thinking that I know my yardage. So anyway, so we did that. Um, I cast on a project in the Newtedin, and I realized um, it is a big learning curve to knit with the Newtedin, in my opinion. Um, I had it split twice on me, not a big deal to put it back together. But what is a big deal is when one realizes that the cable mittens they were intending to knit with the Nutadin would not be a great project for the Nutadin because it doesn't like to be pulled and stretched in that regard. So one, <laughs> this knitter in particular had trouble frogging the Nutadin. It just kind of went it. <laughs> and so what I did is what little bit I had knit, had cast on to knit, I put aside so that whatever I decide to knit, if I really need those end little bits, I can really sit there and tink it out. But if I don't, I'm not like shredding this unspun fiber. Now I had knit with Plotilope years ago. I don't recall it being as fiddly as the Nutadin. It's not that I don't like it. It feels like liquid butter being knit through your hands. So it's a lovely feeling. I just, I don't know that it's, um, I don't think, I know people used it for this cabled, the Moreland, I think it's Moreland mittens, but I can't see with my, and I'm a loose knitter that how I'm going to cross those stitches and a yarn that doesn't have a hell of a lot of give to it. Um, so we'll see. This other yarn is staring at me right now because I know I talked about it last week about wanting to make the sweater with it and it's wondering why I've <laughs> turned my back on it and it, but the hand spun was calling me and the Vintersol, um, I didn't want to do the Vintersol in this unspun uh, Norwegian yarn. Something else has to be in it. I don't know. We'll see. And I may strand a mohair with it on the uh, Norwegian um, unspun. We'll see. It's the, ah, this is the one of the contrasting colors, but And it has that fleck of, um, what you call it, shiny to it. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't pull as bad as the Nutadin. Now, I say that about the Nutadin, but the ball I was knitting from was made into a center pole ball. This is direct from the cake. 
I'm wondering if I should, because I have um, two of these, three, 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 three. Um, I'm wondering if I should knit from the cake of them and just pull from two cakes and maybe the winding of the ball of the two of them together impacted that. I don't know. If you have input, comment, please. Um, but anyway, so that's where we are this week. Um, if you are listening and enjoying, please like, share, subscribe. Um, and I would really, I like seeing that the downloads have increased and the views have increased, um, likewise on the video portion. Um, but it's, it's always encouraging and especially after such a long hi hiatus. So I can be found on Ravelry as Sydney Knits or at the Feral Housewife podcast at gmail.com. And, um, you can comment on the, uh, YouTube video or in the thread of the group on Ravelry. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.